Welcome to Econa Day Unplugged. It is Wednesday, April 25th, 2018. With me today are Jeremy Hawkins in London and Mark Pender in the U.S. I am Ann Picker, Econa Day's Chief Economist. The first month of the second quarter is almost over, believe it or not, and the end of this week is marked by first estimates of first quarter GDP growth, France, the UK, and US all on Friday. The cycle of GDP releases stretches into the first week of June for Canada and Australia. We are also entering a new cycle of central bank announcements. This week, the ECB and BOJ followed next week by the Reserve Bank of Australia and the Fed. Jeremy, the ECB announces imminently tomorrow. It does. Given the, given the slowdown in monthly data, it will be interesting to hear what Draghi has to say. Indeed, it will. Um, as folks probably remember, the last meeting on March the 8th, we saw the council decide to switch from an easing to a neutral bias on what was then the basis of building momentum in the eurozone economy. But really, there was nothing else of note then, and indeed, most council members were still clearly worried about low inflation. Now, since March, um, almost without exception, the econ news, economic news has been disappointing, and uh, growth forecasts for the first quarter, if anything, now have been shaded lower. Now, as you mentioned, we'll get um, the French flash GDP figure, which will give us some clue about the Eurozone um, on Friday. We'll also get the Spanish preliminary data on Monday and then the preliminary flash Eurozone GDP figures themselves uh, next Wednesday. Um, I guess at the moment, the forecasts, uh, we don't really have too many of them, but they're probably coming in round about the 0.4, perhaps 0.5%, which would be a quarter on quarter rate, which would certainly constitute a slowdown. Now, although we have had a rebound in inflation in March, that was up to 1.3% from 1.1%, it's clearly still low and indeed probably biased up by the early Easter anyway. And the narrowest core rate was just flat at 1%. So if you put it all together, slowing economic growth, underlying inflation still going nowhere, it's difficult really to expect anything new out of Thursday's meeting. And so as you mentioned, it's probably really down to what Mr. Draghi says. And if anything, as per usual, Draghi tends to be pretty cautious. So I think in terms of euro risk, uh, the, the, the potential is that he could say something which highlights the slowdown in growth we've seen in recent weeks, and that could certainly undermine the euro a little bit. Um, aside from that, I've got to mention, unfortunately, um, for the UK side of things, uh, the latest on Brexit. Um, I guess Brexit has been a little bit on the back burner for the last few weeks, but that's not the case now. Um, so last Wednesday, we had the House of Lords, the second chamber over here, defeating the government um, coming out in favour of staying in a UK-EU customs union. Now, of course, the UK government policy is firmly against such a move. This now goes to a debate in the House of Commons uh, tomorrow, Thursday. And although the result will be non-binding, um, it's certainly going to ratchet up the pressure on the prime minister if we see enough Tory defectors vote with the opposition parties in favour of remaining in this customs union. Now, the government still insists that it's no to a customs union after Brexit. But these in-party splits are so wide that ultimately it could even turn into some sort of vote of no confidence. And of course, if Mrs May were to lose that, at the end of the day, the government could fall. 
Now, there has been some talk that Mrs May could back down on a customs union on the grounds that, well, it only covers goods and as far as the UK is concerned, it's the services side of the economy, which matters that much more. Of course, if it were to, to, to undertake such a U-turn, it would risk a severe backlash from the pro-Brexit camp. So really, she's damned if she does and she damns if, it do if she doesn't. Um, and all we can say at the moment, if nothing else, politics is certainly going to keep the pound amongst the most volatile of the major currencies over the, over the uh, foreseeable future. Thank you, Jeremy. Uh, the Bank of Japan also announces this week, uh, Friday, Jap Japan time. Uh, it will be the first time that the two new deputy governors of the bank will participate in the decision-making process. The BOJ is expected to maintain the view that inflation will reach 2% target next fiscal year, which would be 2019, and project that it will stay near that level the following year. The central bank is not expected to change policy this week, but the debut of the of a dovish new deputy could widen the rift between advocates of continued stimulus and those wary of the rising costs of prolonged easing. Governor Kuroda is expected to reassure markets it is nowhere near an exit from its loose, ultra-loose policy given the risks to the inflation outlook. Mark, first quarter GDP on Friday. It's always a difficult quarter to try to estimate given uncertainties weather-wise and the like that can impact growth. And long-standing issues with the seasonal adjustment process also compound the problem. And then, of course, there is the FOMC next week. Right. Well, um the uh, GDP uh, consensus is uh, pretty moderate. Uh, Conaday's consensus is 2%. The range uh, goes from 1.3 to 2.8. All this would be just below uh, the prior uh, quarter's 2.9. What's interesting about the fourth quarter, about the uh, first quarter, um, is the uh, consumer side. Uh, despite a very uh, big tax package and despite uh, continuing strength in consumer confidence readings, which we just got the latest uh, uh, yesterday, Tuesday, um, very, very strong uh, income expectations uh, near records, uh, at records. Uh, yet it hasn't and it never really did translate to uh, much consumer spending in the first quarter. We, do, we don't have all the numbers in yet. Um, there was a uh, uh, a peak in uh, auto sales in March, which have been uh, slow uh, uh, going out of the hurricane replacement uh, um, time in September, and it really pulled forward sales. And all, all of a sudden now re, uh, auto sales, which are a very important barometer, have popped up. And that consumer confidence report, one of the readings inside that report was an unusual pop in uh, plans for consumers to buy autos. So there is a, a possibility, I, I think, that we could be a little bit of an upside surprise on on the consumption expenditures, but the uh, Conaday's consensus for that is only 1.1%. That's a, a, an annualized rate, and that would be a quarter uh, uh, of what uh, the uh, fourth quarter's rate was, uh, and at about half of what uh, uh, the rates were uh, in the prior quarters. Um, so I think that will be the interesting piece 
for uh, GDP. Uh, it looks to be cooling, but and it's like you said, there's a lot of other issues with the first quarter, and uh, uh, and it could be uh, considered an uh, easily considered an outlier. Uh, certainly, there is no expectations of it influencing um, the coming FOMC meeting with a uh, rate hike then expected for the uh, June meeting. But um, uh, what we are seeing a very important note uh, in the markets right now is an emphasis on on the bond market where demand is easing just a little bit. Uh, we're getting to 3% on the uh, 10-year Treasury yield, which we haven't seen for uh, four years. Uh, yet, uh, it's just a psychological number, and uh, rates have only been inching up uh, a little bit. Um, but uh, And there's probably a, a, plenty of factors behind it. And I think certainly one of the factors is um, stress we're seeing uh, in the supply chain, uh, not being able to really keep the pace, keep up the pace with uh, demand right now. So we're getting uh, extended delivery times, we're getting uh, uh, unusual increases uh, in raw uh, materials, and uh, a little bit of an indication perhaps we're going to start getting on stockpiling of raw materials. And this is going to be in reference to the uh, tariffs that were imposed on steel and aluminum in March. And that has had an upsetting uh, effect uh, uh, for manufacturers and also in the construction industry. And there might be a little bit of an indication of, of, of uh, capacity stress now in construction, not being able to um, get the projects uh, underway, get them finished because of uh, lack of uh, or hard to get materials uh, and equipment related to those tariffs. But these are initial fuzzy little signs that we're uh, maybe getting. But uh, I think the risk as... Uh, as stressed in the uh, bond yield is uh, for uh, uh, a capacity stress, not having enough available workers, enough available materials to meet demand. Mark, can I ask you a question about this backup in bonds? Uh -huh. um, in terms of its economic implications, you mentioned this sort of 3% mark being some kind of psychological level, which at the end of yeah. the day, I suppose, may or may not be important. But is there a concern that if we do continue to see bond yields rise, then clearly that's going to add to the, you know, the cost of government borrowing on top uh -huh. of the kind of attached package that we see Mr. Trump and co put through. So in terms of the implications for US borrowing and debt, it's not going to look too clever. No. And it, the expectation, of course, is that uh, rates will continue to rise. And, the, and there's a couple of other factors involved here. We can't forget what's going on with the housing sector and what these mortgage rates, higher mortgage rates, and they are climbing. Uh, uh, and uh, what this means for housing, we had a bunch of housing uh, data earlier this week. And on the whole, it was very strong. And getting back to Anne's point about first quarter uh, volatility tied to uh, is often tied to seasonal adjustments. Um, I think we did see that with the housing market. We got a big pickup. Now, will that continue? And then you add on to this, the Fed's unwinding its balance sheet. So there's one less very important buyer in the bond market at the same time that the government is increasing uh, its demand for uh, for Treasury. So, uh, uh, so there you go. I mean, it's uh, it's almost we having warning signs. Uh, at least volatility signs in the stock market. And then there's some real, I think, fundamental cracks that you have to uh, uh, look at in the treasury market. But whether or not it will pan out, the treasury market 
is uh, a very important market with lots of global demand. And, um, uh, and another risk is, and I'm just saying these as risks, is that uh, you know, China owns uh, the most uh, treasuries of anyone. And uh, 1.1 or 1.2 trillion, whatever the, the latest number is. Uh, and, uh, and they could use that, of course, as uh, begin to liquidate that in a, a tariff war as an important weapon in a tariff war. And that would further raise uh, U.S. interest rates. So there's a but all these probably are going to be pluses for the dollar because the dollar now is not depreciating like it was. It was through last year, it depreciated about 10 percent. And then through the first quarter, it was depreciating at, at the same rate of 3 percent and for the quarter. So um, and now that is starting to uh, to reverse a little bit, which would uh, throw another um, another factor into the mix. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Jeremy. Until next week. <laughs>